We like research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were in, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today we're discussing Waterfalls by TLC. So I would say this is my favorite TLC, but right after 90 Day Fiance TLC. <laughs> Wouldn't it be fun to see that one of the girls in TLC yeah. like be like, I met my boyfriend, the Williams. On- <laughs> It was released on May 29th, 1995, and the song spent seven weeks at the top of the charts and earned the group two Grammy nominations. It was one of the most popular tunes of the year. It was written by 
Marquez Etheridge, no relation to Melissa Etheridge, <laughs> along with the legendary ATL production crew Organized Noise yeah. and TLC member Lisa Lopez. Organized Noise also produced the track. So Organized Noise, really just to get it out of the way, they're like a legendary trio of producers in Atlanta. Probably most known for this song and then also like maybe like 80% of the Outkast catalog. Probably. Yeah, yeah. A lot. And, you know, some Ludacris, a lot of stuff. They're really cool. One of the members is Sleepy Brown, who for yeah. my money is like one of the best R&B singers we got. Definitely. Um, the backup singers on this track, which is pretty interesting, feature the amazing Deborah Killings, who's a really good bass player. And of course, the legendary CeeLo Green, yep. which is really funny to hear him. I know. I feel like CeeLo is always harmonizing with lower voiced girl bands in the background. Definitely. He's really good at rapping and singing. Oh, yeah. Do, I, I, do we have anybody who's like as good at either? I think he's the best rapper slash singer. Yeah. Because he can really do both. <laughs> yeah, he really can. Uh, according to CeeLo of the song, quote, I was working at the same studio because we were on the same label. They just asked me. I didn't realize at the time what a big song it was going to be. It's cool. Yeah, you never really know. Yeah, and it wasn't until you pointed that out to me that... Yeah, I I never heard it before, and now I can't unhear it. Yeah, well, I think that's like what makes him a good backup singer. Actually, yeah. is that like he really can blend? Like he blends with their voice as well. You don't yeah. think there's a a guy, a, a like bald headed short guy, like singing his ass off in that track? No. You can never hear that. No. Um, the furiously iconic baseline was provided by one of the best bass players to ever do it, Lamarcus Jefferson. Yep. Yeah, the baseline's nuts. Like Luke, how do you how do you know? as a mixer when it's time to pump the bass. <laughs> <laughs> Usually when someone is amazing playing it. Like I've had I've got to record LaMarcus three times now. Yeah. And number one, dude is like super cool. Like mm-hmm. he's just he just he's just like a, a real working musician. Like yeah, still yeah. to this day just out here just like, you know, doing getting the work done and just comes in, listens to the song and plays it down and it's just like the part. Yeah, <laughs> and I think when you kn- you know when it's time to pump the bass, when the production is calm or not calm, but it's not as dense, but the bass is dense. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think the bass does the most melodic movement in the song of any instrument, including the vocals. Exactly, and that's a time when yeah. you really need to feature it. Yeah, because I guess otherwise it wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, and I feel like yeah. the song wouldn't be as exciting. Yeah, no, the bass line is so exciting. Like, yeah. Is the main part of the song. Yeah. I always thought, like, it's funny because, like, we'll get into the lyrics of this song in a minute, but it's about some, like, really heavy shit. It is. I wanted to and talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, to me, it's, like, it kind of reminds me of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car right. in that way where it's, like, a legendary pop song but into, like, this really heavy thing. Yeah. But the bass line, like, changes the game. Exactly. It, like, turns it into, like, a classic. Like, no song. Like, this may be, like, the best example of a song that makes people feel good. Yeah. But is about, like, really dark Yeah, things. yeah, I know. And it's, like, I don't think I noticed it as a kid. No. I always just thought it was, like, a song about, like, you know, these these, like, singers are being, like... You ain't shit compared to us, right? Which is not—it's not, it's not no, about it's that not at like all. That at all, no. We'll get into it. I'll yeah. let you continue. The, song, the song's an expression, I think, about how people chase intangible, faraway dreams with no thought of immediate consequences. Right. Um, it talks a lot about drug trafficking, yep. poverty, and HIV. Yep. It's actually the first number one song ever to reference AIDS. Yeah. Which is like a weird, <laughs> a weird trophy. I mean, it was strange. I mean, like yeah. that, like 
you know, we weren't really like we were children during yeah. like the AIDS thing, and it like from any like documentary or you know thing I see about it, it was like a really it was a taboo thing. Do you think it was like also as big of a deal as like COVID now? Like everyone was like. I guess it was different because there was this association of like what exactly. it meant to have AIDS, whereas COVID is just a virus. Like yeah. I guess this is virus. There was like too, weird like religious things yeah, yeah. tied to it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like because I agree. Like we were both like probably I was probably like five. I think. Yeah. So like I don't have any memory of the public consciousness. No, I kind of remember the song though and the yeah, music yeah. video. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. But I didn't know, at the time. I didn't know what the song was about. Yeah, you know, it's cool. The group was like kind of essential in promoting awareness about this issue in the '90s. Because um, the rapper Lisa Left Eye Lopez would wear condoms attached to her clothes and glasses to promote like safe, safe sex. Right. She always dressed cool as fuck, dude. Yeah, she, I mean, I, like it's like Atlanta in the '90s, like especially like the music industry. Like I was just thinking when we were listening to yeah. this song, like it must have been like fucking sick to be a part of like the Atlanta music business yeah, in the yeah. 90s like Dallas Austin and all those guys like, yeah just you had that whole so crew, crew. Cool, dude. then you had like LaFace doing their yeah. thing and it was so so deaf and it was cool because a lot of this stuff was like popping commercial, yeah. commercially but at the same time was a little left of center or maybe in some ways really left of center yeah like emotionally and vibe wise but also just like politically and weird shit right. it probably was really fun yeah like i was just thinking man like this would imagine like working on this song back in like 94 uh, yeah you think it's been so sick you think after they recorded the celo's vocal part they're like fuck it let's go to r thomas <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah the tlc was signed to the face records during this which was um headed by famous music industry uh, dude, L.A. Reid. Yeah. But apparently he, L.A. Reid was was kind of like a part of Arista yeah. Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Clive Davis was uh, the guy, and he right. hated the song Waterfalls. Wow, Yeah, really? but L.A. Reid was like, we got to go with it. And it's a pretty smart move. Yeah, this song is, I mean, to this day, like, <laughs> it, one of the most iconic songs. It's cool. It, it, it also, like, like lights up iconic? a room. Do you, like, is it just something that people associate nostalgia with? Like, why do people like this song that's about these dark things? So, like, I think, like, to one, to, to one that's a really great question. Yeah, like, like why is this popular? Because yeah. I think about this all the time when I listen to music. Like, why do we still listen to this? Yeah. And I think to one, like... It, it is about something real, and I think that that really matters. Like, not there's great real music made all the time that nobody listens to, but if a real piece of music does make it into like the top forty, it's probably going to be a classic. Right. But then I think, like, in a purely like musical way, this there are not a lot of popular songs that sound like this. You're right, and I think that really helps. Like, usually when we have like female pop vocalists, it it becomes it like we want to put the emphasis, I think, like on like their singing ability. Like yeah, how many like runs the they can do? The and sh- child. Yeah, and I'm not trying stuff. to say it, but you said. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it, that's that's who it is. But it's know? like that's what we want, and it's like I think what's cool about the the girls in TLC is they were just like fuck that, we're gonna sing like these great melodies, these great parts, and like give it a different sort of sort of like virtuosity, right. not like what you come to expect. Right. So I think that helps it stand out, and same with the instrumentation. Right. It's all kind of like these dark low things in the mix yeah there's not like a crazy ripping guitar solo no no like the drums are very like the drum they're hitting but they're they're like i hate now you know we hate using this term lo-fi yeah yeah but they're a little grungier they're like kind of distorted like filtered it's really cool like the brightest thing in the mix might be the guitar yeah that wah guitar might which, be the brightest which is thing. mixed really well and it's yeah. not even like that aggressively no, bright no yeah it's a cool sounding track i think that's probably why because it's about something real and at the same same time, it was like a huge hit that 
there hasn't been a song since then that sounds like it. Like, you know how there's like the one song that comes out every four months that sounds like the last one and we're, and everybody's just like chasing that Maroon 5 and Rihanna song yeah, since yeah, that yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this, nobody's chased the sound. No. So I think that it really sticks out. It's just so interesting to me. Like when, like now, like when I listen to this song, it, it does make me feel good and happy. Yeah. But these lyrics, because like, like it's like about like what this mom and her son who like ends up like being like a drug trafficker yeah, and ends yeah. up like getting killed and left on the road. It's like, dude, like it's such a weird emotional thing listening to this song. Yeah, it's well, strange. If, well, if you think of it as like a message, it makes it more positive. Right. It's because the message is like, you know, just try to be chill, try to do your shit like right. simply and stuff. So like, at least that's what I think. But. Yeah, it is kind of weird. I love the the dichotomy of like a feel good. Yeah, jam. And I think that's why I love the song so yeah, much. Yeah. It's like this this dichotomy. I love that word. Yes. That's what it is. Like it just it it's thought provoking. Yeah, like these jams are so fucking good, mm-hmm. but then like this lyric and this vocal delivery is so strange. It just is so strange. <laughs> it just like makes it so endearing or like captivating. Like I have to stop and actually listen to the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, like, I gotta ask you like one quick mixing question about like lower pitch or like lower frequency vocals. Mm-hmm. Like how do you make them stand out in a track where it's like it should be competing with like the piano and the I bass? Know. It definitely is tough, you know? And sometimes you get on that app, you <laughs> I have to do my audio ear training. <laughs> Sometimes people take for granted just volume in general. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just gotta turn the fader up. Oh, that's really funny to think. You that's know? such. A, you sound so like 1960s British engineer <laughs> with that. I just did everything on three knots. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> this week's episode is brought to you by Plastic. Does the transient nature of life ever get you down? Worried about things here today, gone tomorrow? It's very sad. That's why you should invest in something totally permanent. Plus, with housing costs going down, we need those temperatures to rise. As Joe Dirt would say, you're winning two two ways, brother. Bam. Plastic. Fuck the future. Invest (laughs) in your presence.